would be really funny if we if I uploaded two episodes on the same day. That would be so weird. It's a double episode feature. I would uh, definitely have to record an apology on that one. Yeah, because we there are actually people. Let's go ahead who and record on this. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, so I'm sorry. Uh, and you can just put that over anything. You can just t- clip that and. Anything we do wrong now, I've got it covered because I said I'm sorry. 9-11. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry about 9-11. Sorry. So sorry. Sorry. Jinx. (laughs) You guys owe me a soda. Uh, Hey, Justice, what time is it? Do you want to know the actual time? (laughs) No, I thought you were starting the episode. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... Three Brothers, One Brain Cell, episode 49, right? Yeah. Or is it is episode 49. 40, yeah. I, can't, or I can't remember. It feels like it's episode 48. But uh, we're three brothers, and we share one brain cell with the topics that we bring to the table. So in this podcast, we roll a die to see who goes first with their topic. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do that right now, actually. Dude, they've you heard that. Hand on the table, hand what, on the this table. Right here? Did they the hear table. this? Did they hear this? Is that what they heard, guys? Dude, if they're listening, they probably did. if they're listening at home, they probably thought somebody was knocking on the fucking door just now. We've done this bit. No, before. that was a that was a that was a good noise though. The uh, somebody, guys, I just rolled, <laughs> I just rolled a nineteen. Somebody's gonna have to roll a twenty, a nat twenty, to go first. Uh, no, you 15. got a fifteen. Someone, Judy, you gotta roll a twenty. <laughs> That's a roll an five. eight. Oh, an eight. Okay. What did you roll, Justice? 19? I'm gonna fucking... I, I, I inherited Steven's role. It's, you guys it's rubbed off on you. Don't say that. He's bouncing on my <laughs> booty cheeks. <laughs> I love the way he rides. Alright. <laughs> Woo! Hey, guys. Hey. Do you know what week it is? Oh, dude. M- Mass Destruction Week. It's w- No, it's Wiki Week, dude. Yay! It's Wiki Week. <laughs> okay? Hmm. Okay. So, I was perusing the wiki how um, to find something that titillated my senses. That's a good word. Thank you. And I think I did find something. It it tickled my creativity part. The creative part of my brain is what I was trying to say. Mm. And uh, I'm just going to read you the title. Are you guys ready for it? Yes. How to become a shoe designer. Now, Mm. if that didn't make you squeal with joy, I don't know what will. Honestly, I was thinking it would be fun to be a cobbler, and I'm not joking. I saw, saw like, a a boot repair video, and I was like, that looks like something I would have fun doing. Dude, I don't know why, but watching, uh, like, shoe repair stuff makes me hungry. I want to eat the product, and I don't know why. Something what? about it makes me, like, hungry. Really? So maybe I shouldn't be a cobbler. <clears throat> mm. Well, mm. cobbler. <laughs> cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you're in luck if you want to be a shoe designer because we're about to learn how to do it, okay? First off, you got to plan your path, okay? That's the first part of this all. You got to have a 5-year plan. Holy shit. A 5-year plan, dude. I only have like 6 months of my life planned out. <laughs> Make a plan for yourself that includes a series of steps that are realistic to achieve. Include a timeline for achieving each step so that you can stay focused. Be flexible with your plan. This isn't written in stone. 
and reevaluate this plan every year or two to determine okay. if you're on track. What's the point of the five-year plan, then? <laughs> Just have a year plan. Have a, have a set fucking plan that is going to be five years in advance, but also... Be lenient. Change it a lot. Do it, like, a year at a time. Don't really oh. be so serious about so it. So have... So basically saying, have a goal in mind for you want, where you want to see yourself in five years. Dude, I Not a fucking God. plan. If we get to the end of this and they tell me to meditate, I'm going to throw my phone into the ceiling. <laughs> Who needs to learn about shoes when you can just meditate about it? It's all about the power of the mind over the shoes. You need you're, to use your, your telekinesis yes, to make the shoes make themselves. Right. You don't need tutorial videos number when you two. can meditate. Decide on your focus. I'm sorry. I oh. spoke over you saying oh. number two. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I already finished your sentence. No, you finished your sentence. Number two. I... Man, I don't number remember. Two. Dude, I don't remember what you said either. Number two. I'm going to keep all of this Oh, I was, just, I was just saying ah, you don't... You nope, don't, too late. Go ahead, Justice. You don't no, need to Nope, just go ahead, Justice. Judah, stop. This is not conducive for listening to. <laughs> like, say it. <laughs> So, it's like I was a just fucking fever dream. I was just it's saying is tutorial. Like I, I yeah. was just saying, you don't need the tutorial. Oh video. yeah, <laughs> you just have to use the power of your. Ma- uh, I don't know. If I'm, nope. See, I'm having to repeat it, and yeah. now it's not the same. You lost the steam. Number two, decide on your focus. There are many paths you can follow in shoe design. For example, you can design shoes for women, men, children, athletes, and so on. What appeals to you most? Consider Children. which aspect. <laughs> I was I was gonna say that too. Children. I, I was on the tip of my tongue like shit. You're like children. <laughs> I knew it. I knew one of you guys was gonna say it. We we're both gonna say it. Too. Consider which aspect of the shoe design process appeals to you most. Do you love designing? You're asking the same question here. Okay, we've got no. it. Do you want to design shoes for men or women, and also what kind of shoes? Mm. These or children, I guess. <laughs> or children. Dude. Animals. What if I want to do it for animals, dude? Quick interjection. These yeah. wiki how articles really remind me of that Markiplier meme where it's like, no, 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 look at the shiny object. Oh, look yeah. at the shiny object. It's like, oh, <laughs> over here. Over oh, here. Oh, look, over here. I've got the thing you like. Oh. Just like having to repeat yourself, repeat yeah. themselves as if oh, you oh. don't remember the last two seconds you just read. Uh, check this out. This one is actually kind of important. This is the first time I've seen them be like, hey, you're going to have to do something official here. Wow. Get a degree in design. Oh, shit. While it is not necessary to get a degree, okay, a degree can help you develop (laughs) skills and contacts that will be useful for succeeding in the industry. Enroll in a two- to four-year program at an... Maybe that's why they said take it a year at a time because four of these years is going to be in design. <laughs> a pure debt that you won't be able to pay off with the shit job that you're about to have. Yeah, uh, just making shoes. Maybe shoe design is like an untapped industry, dude. Maybe that's why we don't hear about it. That's where the dude. That's where all the trillionaires are. Have you heard they're of all Jordans? cobblers? Have you heard? Well, of those Jordans? are like big brand yeah, ones, dude. and then you see the ones like that looks like the red heart with the diamond shaped eyes on the on like the one. converse. It's just artists. Slapping their brand on it and saying it Bro. it's expensive, and then everybody's like, "Oh my Dude. god, it's a designer shirt!" It's been like that forever. I yeah. I can't not remember when Converse was like, "We have to draw all over them with a crayon." Yes, dude. <laughs> Guys, they splash paint on it. That's worth trillions. <laughs> I remember uh, watching a video actually about it's like not too long ago uh, about custom shoe designers. <laughs> 
and how much money they make off of making custom pairs of tennis shoes and sneakers and stuff. Holy shit, dude. It kind of is an untapped industry. Really? Yeah. They make <clears throat> hella money just because people want custom shoes. Please read on then. Okay. Your degree doesn't need to be in shoe design. Any degree in art or design-related field will be applicable. These might include shoe design. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. They're like, if you want to do shoe design, it doesn't have to be shoe design, and you it don't have be, to get hey, a degree in it, but it would help if you get a degree in shoe design. Is everything optional in shoe design? Dude, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do shoe design to be a shoe designer, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Graphic design, art, product design, fashion design, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Number four, start developing your style. Okay, mm. this is pretty important. <clears throat> Here we go. To have a style that sets you apart, right? Yes. I, I, if the next sentence says you don't have to have your own style, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> you can always just mimic somebody else's style. A great shoe designer will have an interesting and original look to their design. You can start developing your own style and brand immediately. Uh, here are the, like... PowerPoints. <clears throat> Limit the elements that you can use, such as restricting yourself to three colors or two types of fabric or material. Very interesting. This will force you to be imaginative and innovative. Hmm. Give yourself assignments. Design shoes for different types of people, for example. Dude, honestly, that color thing, the color and fabric thing, I feel like is the only thing you would learn in design school. To, yeah. To be innovate, like innovative Color and, and colorful and creative. Yeah. Well, not just that. It would also, like, if you're really trying to make a shoe from scratch, you're going to have to know how the human foot fucking works so you don't True. make an uncomfortable-ass yeah. shoe. Dude, most people just buy, like, a van and then customize redesign it, it yeah. like, customize it. That's Dude, that's what I'm telling. That's what I was talking about, about the yeah. custom shoe design. They make millions. Uh, step number five, find inspiration in the world. Whoa. You may have a tendency to look at other shoe designs and designers for inspiration, but this risks replicating designs. Look for inspiration in other areas of art or the world. Christian Louboutin, for example, has drawn from archaeology archaeology to influence some of his designs. Interesting. Dude, that's kind of cool. I don't see how that... I, I, I don't know who that is, actually. I want to look it up. <clears throat> the most popular shoe trending right now is Bag of Meth, inspired, <laughs> inspired by Sam Wilson, who found a bag of meth in the old alleyway. There you go. That was my bit. Dude, that was pretty good. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, I don't know any his shoes. Look pretty basic. Wow. Okay. It looks Yikes. like a rock. <laughs> He drew he drew inspiration from buildings and then made the basic ass shoe everyone sees in any discount store. Wait a minute. You need to save photos of his actual shoes so I can post it on Instagram. Oh, I'll send them to you. Yeah. He awesome. he designed the Hey Dudes. Oh, Lord. fucking hey, oh, hey Dudes. Hey Dudes. What is It's just, What is up with those shoes? I don't, I don't get know, it. Man. It's so weird to see, like, trends pop off, and I'm like, how how did this come about? Like, why is everyone talking about this thing all of a sudden? Because yeah. somebody was paid, like, a famous person was paid to say, this yeah. is so cool, I love this. And everybody's like, this is so cool, I love this. It's like, <laughs> it's like the, um, they opened, there was like, 
I don't know if you've seen the video where they opened, like, there was this group that opened up a designer yes. store, and the people were coming in and be like, oh, this is so good. I love this. I love the way it's done. You mm. can tell it's high quality and craftsmanship, and all the shit in there was from, like, five below. Yeah, like, like, the, like discount stores. It was, it's just the way it's presented, yep. you know. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> talking about <clears throat> presenting. Number six, learn He's about He's bouncing on my... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, learn about the industry. There is more to shoe design than just drawing pictures. The industry is roughly divided into three parts. Uh, here are the parts. Design slash creative. This is the division where you create your design, obviously, and you are creative. Mm-hmm. Manufacturing. This is the division that turns your design into an actual pair of shoes and retail. This is the division that sells your shoes. No yes. fucking way. No way, dude. All right. Uh, and then it's like keep track of trends because that's important. Or you could like skip the whole process and uh, design shoes and sell it on fucking Etsy. Oh, that's pretty good. Instead of having to worry <laughs> about paying people royalty and having to split profits. It says here, which is very interesting, it has a whole part of so part number three, building your resume. You get an internship at a shoe place. You work in retail, a shoe retail store. That is actually a really smart idea. And you work in shoe manufacturing as well. And then you, and then after you've done all that, you start as an assistant to somebody who does it. And then you start it. Uh, dude, pretty pretty helpful advice. That's a solid I would say. program. Yeah. Start out. You don't have to like jump straight into the meat of it all. Like you, you can start out small and work your way up, dude. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Number four, networking in your field. Grow your professional networks. Start attending openings, trade shows, trunk shows, professional gatherings, and so on. Dude, all of these are like pretty helpful. This yeah. is this is solid advice. We've like actually got them. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, you can go on an informational interview. An informational interview is a chance to talk to someone who does the kind of job you want to do. Contact a shoe designer and set up a time to talk about the industry and their job. Uh, be sure to plan a time and location that is convenient for the designer. Uh, this is not an interview for a job. You are presenting yourself as someone interested in learning more about the industry rather than as someone looking to be hired on the spot. Mm. Very good. Uh, join a professional organization. I feel like that's a skip. I don't think you have to join a professional organization. But networking helps. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's. I think that's the main goal here is networking. Uh Find a mentor. Talking regularly with someone who has a solid career in shoe design can give you good insight and advice as you progress on your trajectory. Fair. If they get back with you and even want to talk with you. Yeah. You know. I guess it doesn't hurt to ask, though. Dog. (laughs) This is like the third or fourth time. (laughs) Bro. It's bad. Uh, Part five of five. Final part, guys. Designing on your own. Connect with a manufacturer. Do your research on finding a good, reliable manufacturer who can produce the quality of shoe that you are looking for. In addition, their manufacturing must produce a shoe that is representative of what you have designed. Fair enough. Hmm. Uh, For example, thin-soled shoes with thin leather are more often manufactured in Portugal, Hmm. while heavier-soled, rounded shoes are more often made in England and Hungary. That makes sense. This is so cool. I'm actually learning shit right now. What the fuck? These people kind of... Wow. Dude, they know what they're talking about. Shop around for a manufacturer. Take your design to a few different manufacturers and ask them to make a sample shoe. Compare these to find the best choice for you. Uh, hold a trunk show. 
Trunk show is an event where you sell your work, shoes, accessories, blah, da, 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 at a boutique or store. You attend the trunk show as well, talking and selling to customers. Very cool, dude. Uh, partner with a boutique and shop, and then sell your shoes online. And that's the whole thing wow. right there, dude. Very cool. And yeah, you yeah. selling you to set up an online shop and all that good shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Who knew I could learn so much about shoes and shoe design? Was this an actual informative WikiHow article? Dude, it didn't tell me to <laughs> meditate and pretend it's all real in my mind. I can't dude, believe it. I think that's why like, I started losing touch there for a second because I was learning stuff and my mind <laughs> just like, kind of shut off after. I, was like, I don't want to be learning stuff right now. <laughs> you actually have to like I process information instead of have the same shit regurgitated. Well, God. with all that, guys, yeah. one out of five stars, five. what would you rate? Five star? The actual first fucking informative narrative on yeah. this wiki house. So far. I agree. Uh, you know what? I take it back. Uh, <laughs> Four, 4. 4.5. We got off to a rocky start in the beginning. And I won't, I won't give my first five star to this one because I don't feel like it deserves it because it was just informative. You're right. It wasn't cool, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's gotta, it was it's, just informative. It's got to have something that <laughs> <There> really <laughs> knocks knocks your socks off. There wasn't there wasn't a spicy WikiHow kick to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, dude. I get what you mean. There, what I'm looking for in a WikiHow is something that's informative and spicy. So, 4.5. Yeah. Pretty high, though. Pretty high. That's pretty good. That's what pretty you, good. What about you, man? Uh, I give it a four. Uh, okay. Actually, okay. I was literally the, that same reason. It yeah. because the first third of it, I could have, or half of it, I could have just chopped out and just read the end part mm-hmm. about at least lead the steps leading up to the first part was very repetitive. Yeah. And annoying, but yes. it was very informational, and I liked that they were actually very knowledgeable at the shoe in, uh, shoe industry. And it Dude. didn't mention meditating, so that's another reason why I'm just going to give it four. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it skipped out on that. There's well, no wiki wiki wow factor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the wiki how didn't wiki wow me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank stuff, you, I stole inspiration. Stuff. What's your oh. rating? Rate oh, okay. it. Uh, uh, four, three, 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 four, five. I learned. Add, add music now. Oh! Greetings. Have you guys ever wondered to yourself? I really wish I could get uh, more of these guys. I wish I could see these guys' faces and and listen to short little funny clips and bits on uh, Instagram. <gasps> Well, good news. You can follow us on Instagram and see funny reels and clips and hoo-hoo, ha-ha, hee-hee, moments. Um, what is this profile uh, name, you ask? Oh, it's TBOB Cast, where you can get updates on new episodes in case you didn't hit that bell button. And you can also get context photos of uh, the stuff we talk about and see what we, we are ourselves looking at in the studio. Uh, you can also follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes, and various other platforms we're not even aware of. And uh, now, back to your... <laughs> And now, back to your episode. Right. You just showed me a picture of like this old ass woman. <laughs> don't know why. 
that was a really cool uh, ad, read. ad read, ad break, brought to you by the J.R.R. Tolkien. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know that his name was, his real name John is... John Wrinkleheimer. No, it's Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin, Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, really? Did you know that? Yeah. That's fucking joke. That's his real name, dude. Jolkin, Rolkin, Rolkin. To Jolking, Jolking, Rolking, Rolking, Tolkien is his real name. <laughs> his last name is Tolkien, by the way, not Tolkien. Tolkien. Did I say ging, ing? At yes, the end? you said Tolkien. Tolkien. You said Joking, Tolkien, Tolkien. No, there's rolking. no G's. There's no G's in it. Uh, Rolking. It's just Rolking, Jolking, Jolking, oh, Jolking, Rolking, Rolking, Tolkien. Rolking, Tolkien, Jolking. Yeah. Joking, Tolkien. Joking, joking, rolking, rolking, joking. Rolking. She was joking my talking till I broking. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to my topic. This is Steven speaking. This is Judah. And I'm Justice. The topic. And this is Judah. The, <laughs> the topic I'm bringing, I am presenting to you guys, is oh. a very interesting and very titillating topic eye catching eye grabbing I found out about this a few weeks ago I'm gonna thank one of my friends uh give him a shout out Greg um yes thank you yeah last name nope okay um yeah can't do that just asking I can't remember I was just asking okay this is a case of the bones found Mm. in the basement of Benjamin Franklin's house Liar. In England. Liar. Oh. Pants on fire. The brief synopsis leading into this little case, little mystery, if you will, uh, it is solved, and I do have an answer, so buckle up. This is going to be a wild and very mm, interesting story. Can I take a guess? No. It was his Please? first wife. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Okay. One of no his guesses. Sl- it was one of okay. his slaves. No. It was one of his slaves. It was a dog. tied him up in no. his basement. God, no. Okay. It was his butt dog. Dude, was, come on. All right. Let- it was his uncle. It was him. It was Benjamin Franklin the whole time. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm I sorry. figured it out. We figured it out already. <laughs> it was no. By the look on his face. This is dad. Okay, go ahead, dude. <laughs> can I, like, can I, like, shut the fuck up? Can I do my topic now? Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. Dude, we gave you like a minute of silence. Yeah, I'm, I'm resetting. All right, anyway. Okay. The case of the bones found in Benjamin Franklin's house in London. In, not London, but England. Uh, this is, I think this is prior before he went to America permanently. Something like that. I am not, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. However, in 19, in the 1990s, there was a renovation being made on Benjamin Franklin's house to make it more, uh, of a historic place that you could visit. So it had to be updated and changed. And while they were making updates on this house, they happened to find the bones of about approximately 15 people buried in the basement of Benjamin Franklin's house. What the fuck? Of course, naturally, I'm cracking my... Uh, hold on. I don't think dude is fine. Just okay. Uh, but uh, this led a lot of questions, a lot of interesting theories. If he was a murderer. Yes, because uh, people were wondering. It's like, wow. Uh, well, one, the the very strange thing is people <clears> did... Wanted to make sure this, these weren't, like, recent bones. So they did a... Uh, they did a... Uh, a date test on it. They basically tested how old the bones were and found out it was approximately a uh, hundred, like close to like 200, 100 to 200 years old. 
Which is? Which is very close to and around the time Benjamin Franklin was living in his house. Man, in the that house is of England. Kind of sketch. He's very sketchy. So Do people. Do we have an uh, unknown Jack the Ripper? I don't know. Or a copycat Jack the Ripper. There Benjamin are many... Franklin was, was Jack, Jack the, the Ripper? Ripper? No, Jack the Ripper was a very later than the uh, 1700s. Oh, okay. It was yeah. his dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was just a serial killer. It was his not, dad. Not earlier, later. His ma. He killed his ma. It was a family cemetery in the basement. Where the fuck are you pulling this bit from? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Why? I'm making okay. it up. Well, let's, anyway. Steven, let's see him do his thing. Okay. So. It was his dad. <laughs> keep going. It wasn't, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. It can't it's be. It's so funny. Okay. I'm so, the whole, <laughs> the whole alert of people thinking this is like a recent crime that needed to be investigated was taken off. However, historical <clears throat> and more uh, scrutiniza- scrutiny was put into this and to exactly find out how and why these bones ended up in the basement and around the same time that Benjamin Franklin lived in this house. So, let's get right into it. Let's the Craven it. Street Bones. <gasps> In 1998, first conservation work began at Craven Street. So this is the whole synopsis I gave you. Yada yada. Found bones. They were like 100 years. Found bones. They were like 100 years old. It was just a lot of bones. Hey, there was a lot of bones. So uh, about 1,200 pieces of bone were retrieved. Uh, And okay, so 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 so. is this the article I want to be reading? Dude, that's a lot of bones. Yeah, 15 uh, bone. Yeah. It is a lot of fucking bones. Um, What's the deal? I wonder. The deal, <laughs> dude. I know. I know. I'm. I'm like. I'm like trying. I'm trying here. I'm pulling dude, up the article. If only there was like some way we could find oh, out. Oh, for the love of God! This is from Smithsonian Mag. Oh, magazine. Smithsonian magazine. I was gonna say. Is this like Smithsonian Make America Great dot com? I was about to like kind of <laughs> roll my the eyes for a Smithsonian. second. Like, Jesus Christ. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Smithsonian Magazine. Mag. Um, <clears throat> so for nearly two decades leading up to the sighting of the Declaration of Independence. Declaration. No, the Declaration. Declaration. God. So, the bones were found. 1998, found it. 30 uh, repairs on the Craven Street house. Let's see here. I'm so sorry. Like, I, I got ahead of myself. Okay. So... <gasps> Franklin was a noted revolutionary and powerful Freemason. He had oh, the power of telepathy. Yes, he's Freemason. Surprise, he had the surprise. power of telepathy? Dude. No. Did he do the WikiHow article? Dude, <laughs> I think he meditated. Fuck. The Grand Master of Masons of Pennsylvania. I didn't know that. He was a Grand Master Freemason? Dude, of course he was. Of course he was. I actually did know he was a Freemason. Oh, yeah. He and, like, every like other a... president back then and probably to this day uh so yeah. it's easy to wonder what dark secrets franklin may have hidden in his basement chamber but the truth it turns out isn't quite so dark <gasps> damn it it's more weird uh the most plausible explanation is not mass murder but an, an anatomy school run by benjamin franklin's young friend and protege william hewson why oh. would he just keep it in his fucking basement well if you let me continue. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. probably going to tell you. Duty might tell you. I did sorry. say there was an answer. Uh, still in Franklin's time, anatomy lessons were a dark, ethically ambiguous business. 
Anatomy was still, and this is by uh, Per... Yes, man, I'm glad we're quoting a article or a site called Mental Floss. Uh, anatomy was still in its infancy, but the day's social and ethical mor- mores... Morgues? Morals. Uh, and morals uh, frowned upon it. A steady supply of human bodies was hard to come by legally, so Hewson, Hunter, and the field's other pioneers had to turn to grave robbing. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Either paying professional resurrection men to uh, procure cadavers or digging them up themselves to get their hands on specimens. Wow. Researchers think that 36 Craven was an irresistible spot for Houston to establish his own anatomy lab. The tenant was a... Okay, so he uh, lived with Franklin. Benjamin okay, Franklin in okay. his house. Uh, the tenant was a trusted friend. The landlady was his mother-in-law, and he was flanked by convenient sources for corpses. Okay, I feel yeah. Like I've heard this. I I think so too, but um anyway, bodies could be smuggled from graveyards and delivered to the wharf at one end of the street or snatched from the gallows at the other end. Oh god. When he was done with them, Houston simply buried whatever was left of the bodies in the basement rather than sneak them out for disposal elsewhere and risk getting caught and prosecuted for di- dissection and grave robbing. Damn dude, it must have stank down in that basement. <sighs> dude, I mean yeah, so basically Houston was like this uh, anatomist, uh, uh, man of anatomy, and, to, and turned to grave robbing. Nasty. And yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I don't know. It made I sense mean, like, to... It's definitely helped us further science, but to me it's still kind of weird that people are like, that they want to dissect human beings and like see what's inside of there them. There has well, to be some level know, like man. disconnect like, I mean, there. yeah, it's helped humanity these people who dissect other human beings, but at the same time, it's still kind of weird, I think. Again, yeah, it gets to that moral, like, ambiguous yeah. point where it's like, yeah, you're, like, investigating and tearing apart just to see, like, you know, how to help people and, like, how the body works, which is pretty helpful. I mean, it's insightful. Dude, I will say, though, you can't tell me that Benjamin Franklin's dad wasn't one of those skeletons. I can't. You honestly. can't tell me that, dude. I can't. Um... Franklin, I'm going to continue on with this because I think there will be a little more tea. Franklin was probably aware of the illegal studies going on in his building, says the Benjamin Franklin House. But it's doubtful that he was involved himself. Still, we can't imagine that curious man that he was, he didn't sneak down and check out the proceedings at least once or twice. That's fair. I mean, he probably did know about this shit. If he was a Freemason, then yes. If I was a rich man and there was some guy in my basement cutting people open... I would pop down there and be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, that's actually no, another groundbreaking thing was that uh, the guy, uh, you know what? I'm going to go to the next article, this man named Hewson. It really, this oh. article really focuses. Uh, it's literally the BenjaminFranklinHouse.org. Oh. So Craven Street Bones uh, talks a lot about. Dude, what if Benjamin Franklin was actually a mass murderer and this is this random dude, they just made up this random guy as a cover-up. Yeah. To keep Benjamin Franklin looking like a good, decent human being. And they were just like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't. I swear. It was this other guy. He's too much of a historical icon. He's on the $100 bill, guys. This this actually brings me to the the uh, the key to this all that really seals the deal. Okay. That this for sure is the case okay. of anatomy. So um, so a coroner determined all this was like fifteen people. Uh, this is on BenjaminFranklinHouse.org. I like to source my shit because I don't want to be one of those people on a podcast that's like, yeah, this happened, this and this happened, and you just have to believe me. 
Because yeah. I said so. By the way, this is from Wiki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, Wiki, uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia said this. I edited the Wikipedia page before I read it. So, basically, Hewson, who married Marcus' daughter, in-law, all that, he is best known for his research on blood and the lymphatic system. Ooh. He isolated the key protein in the blood clotting process, fibrin- uh, fibrinogen, and called it coagulable lymph. Hewson trained in Edinburgh and studied with famous uh, anatomist William Hunter, becoming a partner in Hunter's school at Great Windmill Street. Hewson subsequently had a falling out with Hunter and Franklin served as a mediator. I should think it no... uh, This is uh, Franklin noted this. I should think it no trouble to hear their complaints if I could be of the least use in accommodating their differences, but since that was not likely, I could only wish as I had a regard for both. That they would go on to the end of their term as quietly as possible since that would be the most credit to both. So there was like there there was some there was some tea there was some beef, the social beef, was falling yeah. as as stuff happens as per usual. Yeah, in due course, Houston were op- gay lovers. They kissed. In due course, Houston opened his own anatomy school at Craven Street. So the remains indivi- uh, from individuals and show dissection marks from surgical instruments, uh, femur. Oh, so there's like you can tell like all these were like actually surgically like worked on. All these bones were like actually picked apart and uh. you had tools used on them. However, and again, you can just say this guy's like a psychopath and he just does that because he's in- crazy. This is a valuable skill. Uh, skill. This is a valuable skill when there is little knowledge of sterilization and much diplomacy took place on the battlefield. The skull pieces have circled drills out from... Okay, so this is study, study, studious, studious, studious Dissection. Key evidence linking the Craven Street bones to Hughes' anatomy school is a portion, and here, here it is, here's like the, ah, this makes so much sense, is a portion of a turtle spine and mercury found in the bottom of the bone pit, found in the bone pit. In an experiment conducted in 1770 at the Royal Society, Hewson showed the flow of mercury through a turtle to highlight the lymphatic system. Uh, With help, uh, turtle fucking died. Yes, it did. With help from Franklin, Hewson was elected to the Royal Society and received their Copley Medal for his work. Other items linked to an anatomical study were also found in the bone pit, including microscope slides. Interesting. Okay. Well, it doesn't discredit... I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't say anything that he could have killed those people either. Oh, well, I mean, well, yeah, they also talked know. about location. There was easy places for him to, like, rob graves and everything yeah. and then just bury it in the house. I think that's uh, not that it's impossible for that to just be murdered victims. Yeah. I don't think so. I, well, really, saying I really just, don't think so. If he so. wanted this is, to go to great lengths of it to get bodies fresh for dissecting, if he's putting mercury through a turtle and going to kill it, then, you know. That's a turtle, dude. I wouldn't say turtle is the equivalent to a human this being. This is a dude When a little kid kills remember. puppies. Oh. Oh, I mean, not that. But it's like, it shows a form of deprivation. I don't know. I'm not going to write it off completely, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, this is pretty location and and evidence shows that really it's just yeah, illegal it's just, study that he was doing. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was totally cool. It's fucking weird and morbid. I'm not saying he was, like, chill or anything like that. He was fucking robbing graves. Like, imagine imagine if somebody told you, oh, yeah, uh, so we found out Houston dug up your uh, your father's grave and did a study on it in the basement and buried the rest of his Kinda remains in there. Buried okay. his leg and arm in there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'd be okay with it. Really? In no. fact, I'd thank him for his service. No. No, I'm just going <laughs> 
So apparently, uh, so anatomy, uh, the practice of anatomical study became increasingly popular. Despite procuring bodies for dissection, it was not easy. It did not become a fully legal practice until 1832, so much after this man died. It's likely that some of Houston's cadavers came from the so-called resurrectionists, body snatchers who shipped their wares along the Thames uh, under cover of of night. Oh, so this is known for people to steal bodies anyway. Yeah, dude. I just don't... Okay, there we go. This is a guy... Who needed to study an anatomy frequently to like this was his thing, right? For the lymphatic so system. So I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't have dead bodies stolen and to do that. Like he had yeah. a very easy location. Yeah, I just don't like. I, I don't think he's killing people. It's still just. It's so weird. It's morally like, yeah, gray. They not are, good to just like rob no. people's loved ones who have died out of their graves and then and cut them up. Like that's kind of weird. That's gross. Yeah. That's gross. But like you know, got to do what you got to do for science. Am I right? Yeah, science. And that's where it gets a little depraved. I think that's a little. Yeah. I still think it's a little mm, uh, not icky. cool. No, but haha, <laughs> goofy. <laughs> so that being said, the uh, the fate of Hughes uh, anatomy was a hazardous area of study. During a dissection in 1774, Hewson contracted septicemia and died, aged just 34. Uh, yeah, he got a septic. Oh God, yeah. He was oh, touching too much poop from a booty. Let me look septic. Let me look up septicemia. He dissecting that booty hole a little. He was too good. He was dissecting the the anal tract. So it's called sepsis, a life-threatening complication of an infection. Sepsis occurs when chemicals released in the bloodstream to fight an infection trigger inflammation throughout the body. This can cause a cascade of changes that damage multiple organ systems, leading them to fail, sometimes even resulting in death. God damn. And in the case of Hewson, it was death. Dude, <laughs> he really got fucked. He died. So, yeah. Uh, so this, yeah, the cases... Stop! Which... That fucking hurt. What? Damn. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. do you the, that? That is the whole Dude. cut and dry case of, from Benjamin Franklin might be a murderer to it was just a depraved scientist. Yeah, man. I I don't think that. Maybe, I mean, maybe Benjamin Franklin had his own little secrets going on, but yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't think one of them was a murder, and I also don't think the other dude's secret was a murder. I think maybe he was yeah. just a sketch ass punk, punk ass bitch. Dude, kind of was. Dude, he kind of was. Stealing people's dads and shit, stealing Benjamin Franklin's dad dude, out of his stealing, grave, stealing that other scientist's heart like that, dude. I can't believe they like kissed and then got <laughs> and then had gay sex. I can't believe they did that, okay, dude. Damn, dude. Uh, what the fuck? Sorry, dude. Fuck, dude. What the hell? <laughs> hey, play that. Play that song back. Is it this song? What the? Hey. Is this right? Yes. No. Yes. My booty cheeks. (laughs) Dude, this was Benjamin Franklin's roommate. This is getting weird because we're involving like cadavers now. That's what. That's what happened. He kissed on its bussy and it killed him. Okay, I'm not. I am not enjoying this bit. No, dude. Hey guys, it's my topic. Oh, hey guys, it's my topic. I would love to have a big intro for it, but honestly, I didn't have a topic until I got home and was on the phone with my girlfriend, and she was listing off ideas while I was sitting there drained. 
and I was like, oh, that's good. And so I looked up uh, an idea that she had, and it was she was like, what about you do um, the most strangest coincidences in history? And because I was already looking at like strange facts and stuff like that, because I do that sometimes. And I looked this up. Um, is it strange, dude? There's some there. This is this article says eight of the most bizarre historical coincidences. Coincidences would you throughout say, history. Would you there, say that they're bizarre? There's some big coincidences here, dude. Okay. Okay. And honestly, I read like the first three, so the the next ones could be shit. But you know, <sighs> I'm proud of my girlfriend for finding this Yay. and me for looking it up when she suggested dude. it. I feel like one day we're just going to kick you out and, and have, have your girlfriend and have, and have like, her on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. She's going to take your spot. She'll she be a guest finding all your, uh, yeah. She keeps finding yeah. all your topics for you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first dink is the man who survived two atomic bombs. <gasps> Dude, oh. I know this one. I know this one. I'm on sorry, August 6th and 9th. Six and nine, 69? 1945, the United States detonated two nuclear <gasps> bombs... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're gonna keep you going. Said, yeah, dude, I'm Come sorry. on, dude. I'm sorry. You said 69. Yeah, I couldn't help it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> detonated two nu- nuclear bombs over the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, respectively. When did this happen? 1945. No. Not no. I'm not telling you the days. America would never. The. <laughs> The blasts and radiation they caused afterward killed nearly 90,000 people. But in 2009, the Japanese government confirmed that there was at least one man who was in each city on the days of the bombings and lived to tell the tale. On August 6th, uh, Tsutomo Yamaguchi was in Hiroshima on a business trip. This is a quote from him. As I was walking along, I heard the sound of a plane. Just one, he told the British newspaper. I looked up in the sky and saw the B-29, and it dropped two parachutes. I was looking up into the sky at them, and suddenly it was like a flash of magnesium. A great flash in the sky, and I was blown over. By August 9th, he had returned home to Nagasaki, only to experience the trauma for a second time. Oh, my God. This man. Despite the double radiation exposure, Yamaguchi lived to be 93. Holy. He passed away in 2010 of stomach cancer. Man-made bombs like this one have wreaked havoc across the pages of history. Um, dude. But, yep. dude, the, they should have done an autopsy on him, like, to see if he did, was, like, resistance to radiation or something like that. Dude, he had the one rare gene um, <laughs> that, like, let him survive dude, nuclear bombs. I'm sorry, but if that happened to me, I would be living in like a fear. state. Dude, yeah, dude. The like next absolute fear. The next kawinky dink is called the twins named Jim, and this one really got my attention because I was like, oh my, that's coincidence, right? In 1979, <laughs> a set of twins were. It says was a set of twins was reunited. I think it's were set reunited, of, right? A set of twins were reunited. Was reunited because you're talking about the set. Was. You're not okay. talking about the individuals. Uh, a set of twins was reunited. Reunited at age 39. They had been separated at four weeks old and for 37 years hardly knew of each other's existence. So when they met, there were a few surprises. Both boys had been named Jim by their adoptive parents. Both loved math and carpentry and both pursued careers in security. Even Erier, 
they each married women named Linda, di- oh. <laughs> di- divorced, and remarried women named Betty. Oh, dude. I'm no. getting, like, right people. <laughs> Why am I getting, like, chills? This is, like, weirding me out. As for their kids' names, James Allen and James Allen, it was a fascinating <gasps> reunion, no. to say at least. No. Dude, there's... Yeah. Huh? Why and how? I don't how? know, because these things happened when they met, like, they knew... How is that possible, dude? Dude, I don't fucking know. So, you're named the same thing. You marry... Divorce and remarry the same named women's, and then you name your child the exact same name. Uh, All the Eleanor Rigby, all the Eleanor Rigby's is the name after this. weren't these Weren't these two kids part of that program that people would like force separate like twins and everything? No, that was something else, dude. That was something else, dude. That was. It was weird. Poor twins, man. They get they really get the worst of it. Yeah. All the Eleanor Rigby's. In 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney met at a party in St. Peter's Church in Woolton. It was a fateful meeting, one that no doubt changed the course of musical history. But that's not the coincidence here. Just yards away from their meeting place was the grave of Eleanor Rigby. Nine years later, McCartney wrote the song Eleanor Rigby. He claimed the name, he claimed he named the character after actress Eleanor Braun. And a store in Bristol named Rigby and Evans, uh, L- Ltd. I don't know. That's just company uh, trademark. Later, he admitted that the grave may have played a subliminal part in his song's namesake. Dude. Writes the BBC. Regardless, the deed to Miss Rigby gave. Um. Regardless, the deed to Miss Rigby's grave was auctioned off, but failed to sell. Poor thing, nobody went to her funeral either. Oh. That's horrible. Damn. I don't know if that's, like, a coincidence. That's just more like... It's just a thing. uh, Yeah, because the Beatles are... I would say Paul McCartney for sure saw that grave, and it had a role to play in his songwriting. Yeah, maybe he didn't intend for it to be, but I don't think Um, that was like, whoa. Stephen Hawking's death. As Stephen Hawking himself would tell you, time is relative. But that doesn't quite explain why his death occurred on what many consider a fairly significant day. Einstein's 139th birthday, Galileo's 300th death day, and Pi Day, March 14th, when the date reads 3.14. I think he probably just chose to die on that day. Or... If I'm being honest. That's... That's... That is... Too coincidental, I would say. Or somebody's overthinking it. Or he just wanted to go down in history as like, oh, wow, he died on this day. And he was already like going down that hill and he's like, all right, pull the plug today. Basically. I don't know, man. That is coincidental. Um, Mm -hmm. This one's called Don't Let Her Aboard. As a ship stewardess, you're bound to see some strange sights on the high sea. But to experience two of the most infamous sinkings and one collision? Well, that's just bad luck. Fortunately for Violet Jessup, she survived all three. Jessup was aboard the RMS Titanic when it sunk in 1912. She was aboard Lifeboat 16 and handed a baby to look after. As well as its sister ship, the HMHS Britannic, when it sunk in 1916. Her lifeboat was nearly sucked under the boat's propellers, but she jumped out and survived. Lord have mercy, Violet. Jesus Christ, She was also aboard the third 
of the sister ships. Oh my god. Why the RMBS. Keep... Why is she going back to this? Yeah. The RMBS Olympic. It is sure some BS, yes. Uh, when it collided with a British warship in 1911, there were no fatalities in this one. Jessup died in, at 83 of congestive heart failure in 1971. Was it That's insane. Uh, six out of eight. The family that built the dam. Um, mm-hmm. According to official records, there were 96 fatalities attributed to the building of the Hoover Dam. One of the first fatalities was John Gregory Tierney, who drowned during a flash flood in the violent Colorado River on December 20th, 1921. Ooh. Fourteen years later, on the same day, December 20th, 1935, another man died. It was Tierney's only son, Patrick William Tierney, writes the L.A.'s Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Patrick was the last fatality attributed to the dam. He fell to his death from one of the intake towers on the Arizona side of the Black Canyon. It's one of the few legends about the building of the dam. So his dad was the first one who died. Then he was the last one to die. That is kind of weird. That is his his son was the last one to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seven out of eight. Mark Twain's uh, meteoric birthday. Hmm. Every 76 years, Haley's Comet, we've talked about this, Uh, (laughs) soars past Earth where it's visible to the naked eye. Mark Twain was born on one year of its passing in 1835. By 1909, he predicted he'd die the next year when the comet passed again. The Almighty has... This is the quote. The Almighty has said, no doubt, now here are these two unaccountable freaks. They came in together. They must go out together. The New York Times quotes him as saying, his prediction was correct. The writer died one day after the comet's closest approach in 1910. This wow. one is recorded in the books, but you may also find blah, blah, blah. Dude, hmm. that is kind of uh, coincidental. Maybe you just oh, forgot that Haley's Comet, he was going to kill himself when Haley's Comet went by. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude. I don't think so. These death coincidences where he's like, I'm going to die when this happens. Dude, I okay, I have... Uh, heard about monks in like monasteries that will just straight up predict their own death, and they're right. Like they don't commit suicide or anything; they just die. Yeah. They're like, because it's like a I, one of them was this teacher who was like, it was all to prove a point to his students, and they were like, you can't predict when you'll die, and he was like, yeah, I can. And then they had like this whole thing, and he was just like, all right, and then I'm gonna die tomorrow. And they're like, oh, okay. And then tomorrow, sure enough, he was just dead. Like, he didn't kill himself or anything. He just passed and was gone. Like, they, you can just... Dude, he has probably dude, so much control over his body, he can he just, just kill himself Yeah, he will. just, like, cut it all off, I guess. I don't know, man. Dude, I'm sorry if I'm slurring my or words, too. Or he just knew. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm slurring my words. It's just, I'm so tired, dude. Hey, dude. Hey. Uh, you say uh, that in every episode. You almost didn't say it, dude. I know, right? You almost didn't say it. Take a deep breath. That's my Sprite. Yep, I just had a sip of it. Hey, actually, that's my Sprite. Oh, come on, get some. Thanks. Let's drink Steven's Sprite. It's now the communal Sprite. He flipped us off. Yep, I sure did. Eight out of eight. The sandwich that shaped the modern world. While you might have learned that World War I was caused by the assassination 
of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, mm -hmm. your history teacher could have left out the fact that the assassination was made possible because the assassins stopped for a sandwich. What? <laughs> was made possible because oh. the assassins stopped for a sandwich. I actually did know about You see, oh. the original attempt to kill the Archduke failed miserably. I've heard this. Yes. Their bomb hit the car behind Ferdinand's and he escaped the scene unscathed. Obviously, the assassins were angry about this, and one of them stopped to get a sandwich at the nearby cafe. <laughs> I've heard this. What? Me yes. Meanwhile, yes. the Archduke dashed off in his car, happy to be alive. Unfortunately, his driver made a wrong turn and passed right by the cafe where the, his attacker had stopped for a bite to eat. What? The man saw yeah. him, shot the Archduke and his wife, Archdu and sent Archduke. the world into a tailspin. Ar Arch? Archduke. Oh, I thought it was Archduke. 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 Dude, what? What? Okay, now yeah, that dude. is a wild I've heard convenience. that. I think I've seen a picture of it, too. Holy like a, shit. Not a picture, like a, a painting. Yeah, yeah. But, dang. Bro. Dude. Yeah, I've heard that one, too. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A couple of those Jeez. weren't anything incredible. Yeah, the death ones are like, eh. Some of them were like a, a mental stretch there. Yeah. Yeah, but thanks, Damn, thanks dude. Uh, girlfriend's name. For you know, for yeah. sending that in, dude. Wait, this, why can't I say her name? I don't know. You're the I one who. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah Ellery. One, you're the one who's not saying her name, dude. I, I don't know. I realize that we're saying Stephen's wife's name, Ava, and I was like, oh yeah. First yeah, names are okay. Yeah. Just like you know, just last names would be. Yeah. It's a little weird, little doxing. Yeah. Yeah, let's not uh, do that. Dude, I well, really enjoyed this fact, well, Dude, that was pretty cool. Yeah, thanks, Ellery. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Three Brothers, One Brain Cell. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can find us on all platforms. We've advertised the Instagram. We did. You know what's going on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. You guys are number one in our books. Amazing. Amazing.